hey, good evening. Welcome to Wednesday evening Bible study. Um, my name is Blake Arrington, and I am so glad to be here with you guys tonight. And I want to welcome any of you who are watching on TV or joining us online. Um, but my name is Blake, as I said, and I am uh, the college pastor uh, and have been so for the last eight years here at Green Acres. Uh, and then this year, they also the young singles pastor. And so, um, man, Webbs has been such a, uh, an important time and a, and a good time for my wife, Shauna, and I when we moved here first uh, eight years ago. But um, we were able to come and, and enjoy being just sitting down with Pastor David for 29 minutes, right? And uh, you guys set your watches by that. And uh, just enjoy a deep, like, short Bible study with Pastor David. And, uh, and then we, we get that 30 minutes of just, like, sitting in the pew before we have to go pick up our four kids from the Wednesday evening activities, you know. And I have to admit, sometimes we just kind of stared off into the distance. But... Uh, <laughs> But it was great, and we loved that time and enjoyed that time together. And, uh, and I'm also not Pastor Michael tonight, and so I just want to make sure we're all clear on that. Uh, but he will be back. Um, well, so tonight we are going through miracle number 44. Uh, and uh, so we've seen 67 miracles throughout the Old Testament that we've gone through together. And then we also have this... this uh, 44 that we've gone through and we will have gone through tonight uh, together in the New Testament. And so uh, if you would open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 5, that would be amazing. And we will get started and we're going to call this miracle tonight, number 44, uh, the jailbreak. And we'll call it the miraculous jailbreak in Acts chapter 5. Um, and while you're turning, I, I have a, you know, I said I have four kids, and so I like dad jokes. And so one of the things that I thought of was, um, you know, when the first car was mentioned uh, in the Bible, and I don't know if any of you know it, but it's a hint, it's in this chapter, chapter five. And uh, it says um, in 512, it says, and, the, and, and this is in my NASB, New American Standard Bible, it says, and at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. So clearly Honda was there in that time, and uh, the portico must be a garage of Solomon's where he kept all his Hondas, but... Anyway, so um, I want to read, go ahead and read the passage. So we're going to read chapter 5, 17 through 26, and then we're going to pray because I want to ask God to help us as we kind of engage this passage of scripture and ask the Lord to speak to us uh, during this time. And so let me read Acts chapter uh, 5, 17 through 26. And to set this up, uh, I already read the many signs and wonders, but the church was going through an explosive growth at this time. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember early in Acts, it said, and 3,000 were added to their number, and then two more thousand were added to their number. And then now in uh, chapter five, it's in many multitudes. We lost count. Okay, we're out. We don't have, we can't keep up anymore. Um, and so after explosive growth happened, let's look at verse 17 where our miracle begins. It says, then the high priest rose up, he and all who were with him, who belonged to the party of the Sadducees. They were filled with jealousy. And so they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. 
But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. Well, hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. When the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and they sent orders to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they did not find them in the jail, and so they returned and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing in front of the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priests heard these things, they were baffled about them, wondering what would come of this. Well, someone came in and reported to them, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And then the commander went with the servants and brought them in without force because they were afraid that the people might stone them. Let's pray. Father God, as we uh, look at this passage of Scripture and we engage this miracle and we understand um, our purpose uh, in this world, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us tonight with your words. God, I pray that we would not leave here the same as when we walked in the door, God, but we would be changed. We would be transformed by your word. And so, God, I just pray that you would help us as we look through this and we, we talk about this and we think through what does this mean? What do these, these uh, words mean for us? And how can we continue to follow Jesus because of the witness of these apostles and because of the power of the Holy Spirit? And so, God, we love you and we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if it's like VBS flannel graphs that go through my mind whenever I hear about jailbreaks uh, and miraculous things in Acts, but I always picture two people. Uh, and this is not the only story of a jailbreak in the, in the book of Acts. Um, but this one, in this particular case, it says that they arrested the apostles. So it wasn't just one guy. It wasn't two guys. It wasn't Paul and Silas. It wasn't just Paul. It was the apostles, all those who had been with Jesus. And so they took the apostles and put them in jail. And so um, then the angel of the Lord came. Here's our miracle. The angel of the Lord came and he opened the gates of the prison and took those guys out. And he said, and this is our, our, uh, our, our key here. He said, go your way, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of life. And so he said, go. And then he said, go and tell. And then he said, uh, tell them the whole message of this life. All right. Well, so sometimes we think as believers in Jesus, as followers of Christ, as church members, we think that, um, man, I can, I can share the gospel or I I. People will know that I'm a follower of Jesus because of my attitude. Or, or people will know my, that I'm a follower of Jesus because I do good things. Or, or, or my kindness. Or, or how much I tip on Sunday afternoons. Right, guys? Okay. Um, you know, some, they're going to know that I'm different. And they're going to want to be a Christian because of that. Well, here's the thing. Um, you, you don't become right with God um, through the observation of someone's attitude. You don't. Um, 
Though your actions should back up what you say, that's not how we become right with God. It comes when we hear the truth and we believe the truth of Jesus. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. Uh, You know, I love our church vision statement transforming lives through the truth of Jesus. And I love that vision statement because it helps me. It takes a little bit of weight off my shoulders when I realize it's not about me transforming someone. It's not about me changing someone. It's about the truth of Jesus doing the transforming. He's the one who does the work. His word, his truth is the one. And so um, it also says, if you want to turn in your Bibles real quick, keep your finger in Acts chapter 5, but, but let's turn over to Romans. It's just a few pages over. Romans chapter 10. And this is, a, this is a underline check. If you don't have this underlined or highlighted in your Bible app, this is a passage you're going to want to do that. And I hope that you read it often, and I hope that you're able to share with other people what this verse says. Romans 10. Oh, sorry, I should have wrote it down here. Here we go. All right, 13, uh, Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him that they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I want to zero in on that statement. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So how can they call on the name of the Lord? How can they call? They have to hear it. They have to hear it. They have to hear the truth. Of Jesus. They have to hear the story. They have to hear and understand what Christ has done for them. And then they, they, uh, how can they hear? Well, someone has to tell them, right? Someone has to tell them. Who could that be, right? Who could that be? Um, I'm going to leave that out there and we'll think about that. But how many times does God rescue the apostles? Uh, from, uh, from prison. Well, actually, spoiler alert, he does it three times in the book of Acts. Um, he, he opens the door, an angel of God opens the door uh, for, for uh, the apostles that we just read. Later, Peter uh, is rescued while chained between two soldiers in chapter 12. And then chapter 16, Paul and Silas, after being beaten and, and thrown into prison, uh, after praying and singing hymns, the earth shakes again and their chains fall off. Pastor Michael told us last week about miracle number 43, the earth shaking prayer when, uh, when they prayed and the earth shook because of their prayer, uh, God responded to them and, uh, and, but here, uh, they are singing Uh, songs to the Lord. They are praising the Lord. They're praying and the earth shakes again. That's when the Philippian jailer, if you remember, uh, asked the question to the guys, he says, how then can I be saved? 
And then they share the whole message of life with him. They say, repent, turn to God, and you'll be saved. And he does, him and his whole household. And then uh, let's, let's see, Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 32 through 39. Uh, Jesus says, Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. And the reality is that we're in a spiritual battle. The enemy does not want us to hear the message of the gospel. The enemy does not want us to, to hear and believe in the truth of Jesus. The enemy does not want us to go and tell. And the enemy does not want us to share the whole message of this life. He doesn't want us to. So we see persecution in our lives. We see challenges and we see difficulties as, as people um, uh, come against the Lord, the message of the Lord and the message of the gospel. Well, the angel of the Lord rescued the apostles that evening for a reason, for a purpose. And it was to share that message of the whole life to all the people and to continue the mission that he had given them, that God had given them. And so uh, a while back, uh, Pastor Michael trained us on Sunday morning with the message of the gospel. Do you remember when, when uh, I think Jeremy Jones and I actually pushed a big wooden fence across the stage and it had the three circles. Do you guys remember that? This is, you remember that, anybody? This is yes, this is no. Um, and, and so that is, he, he showed us a, a message that we could share, the message of the gospel, a message of the whole life. And I was going to share it with you really quick, um, and I'll do it very quickly, but it's not hard to look around the world and see that there is brokenness in the world. You can open social media. You can look at the. Uh, you can look at Facebook. You can look at um, the news. You can walk outside, even in your own life. Um, you know that the world is broken. Something's wrong. And many people who don't yet know Jesus, many people will try to to escape that brokenness. They'll try to get away. They'll try to to um, run from that brokenness. And they'll use their own power or their own ideas on what they think is good to escape. And it may be drugs or alcohol or it may be watching too much TV or too much sports or playing golf or, or doing whatever. I, there, there are a laundry list of ways that we try to escape this brokenness. But internally, we all know that there's a better way. That there, there's a design out there that was supposed to be, but it's not that way anymore. It's not supposed to be this way. And we have over here, we have God's design. And God designed the world to work a certain way. And he, he created man to live with him forever in, in perfect harmony. But then man rebelled against God. There was a rebellion and sin came into this world and kind of broke that relationship, which led uh, to the brokenness. And here's the cool thing about it is in... Uh, so God sees us in our brokenness. And, and when God sees us in our brokenness, the Bible says that, that he shows and displays his own, his love for us. That while we were still sinners, while we were still in brokenness, he sent Jesus and Christ died for us. And so 
We have the story of the gospel of Jesus coming down to earth, dying on the cross, taking our sin that was a payment was required for that sin. And then he rose again three days later. The death on the cross that Jesus paid, that was supposed to be paid by me for my own sin. I deserved to do that. The Bible says Um, But he came and he took it for me. He paid the debt for me. He stepped in uh, into my place. And all we need to do is that we repent and believe in Jesus as the only way that our sin is paid for. And then and only then can we experience the restoration, the newness, and be able to pursue God and God's design in this world. And so if you don't have the, the uh, Life on Mission app, I would, I would encourage you to download it uh, on your phone. It has like a, a three-minute video that goes through that um, a little bit more detail, has scripture that go with each point, each circle, um, to help you know the message of this whole life, the gospel, the message that the angel came and, and released those men and said, go, you have a mission, go out and tell this, tell this message. And so, um, okay, so that's the Life on Mission app, and you can get that on your iPhone or Android. So the Son of God, Jesus, rescued you and I in a miraculous way so that we could be sent into the world. Remember I said, who could do that? Who could take this message so that people could believe and hear? But we've been sent into the world as followers of Jesus to share the message of the hope that the gospel offers. And, and if I ask you right now, think of, think of two or three people that, that don't, haven't yet believed in this message. Think of those people. And, and I would encourage you to write their names down and begin to pray and ask the Lord to, to move, to give you an opportunity to share a message of hope with them. It's unthinkable that a follower of Jesus would have this message of hope and not share it. It's unthinkable. And and Jesus said, go and make disciples. Teach them everything I've commanded. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be with you to the end. And so he's given that message to us. And so in in these miracles, in, in, in this miracle, the angel released them to go and do this. And so I wanted to point out a couple of things, too, that, A, there was suffering because of the gospel. There was suffering because of the gospel. But then there was also a response to that suffering. And so uh, in, in Acts 540, uh, the apostles are threat, uh, excuse me, Acts uh, let's, let's just do this. We're going to have fun with this. I'm going to color. All right, so Acts 4.21. Sorry, I mistyped, miswrote. Acts 4.21, the apostles are threatened. Uh, 4.21 says, And after threatening them further, they released them because there, there was no way to punish them. And uh, they were giving glory to God over what had been done. And so remember, this is last week's message. This is Miracle 43 when they prayed. And they, what did they pray for? What was their response to this suffering? Don't share the gospel. Don't uh, preach in his name. And what, did, what was their response? What did they pray for? 
They prayed for boldness. They prayed for boldness to go and do the very thing they were being persecuted for. They were being punished for praying for boldness. And God responded and the earth shook. It was incredible. Then we have, oops, and then we have Acts uh, 540. Then we have Acts 540. And, it, uh, and the, the apostles, this is the end of our miracle here today. But uh, in Acts 540, it says they called the apostles in and they had them flogged beaten and they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and and then they released them they went out from the presence okay so they they flogged them and again threatened them do not speak in the name of Jesus do not preach in this man's name and what was their response if we read on then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing and they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. So they were rejoicing in their suffering. They were, they were elbowing each other and oh, that hurt, you know, like they, they had flog wounds on their sides and backs and they're elbowing each other going, we did it. We were together and we were with Jesus and, and we, got, um, we got to suffer for the gospel. We got to suffer for Jesus. Look at us. We, like, look at what God did. And God has carried us through this. And they rejoiced in that. Okay, and then we have, uh, I'm going to just write the whole rest of the New Testament. <laughs> they lived in danger. They lived in fear uh, of their lives. Oops, I didn't spell that right, but you guys are going to have so much grace. I'm a rookie. Can you tell? Okay. So throughout the whole New Testament, they lived in danger and they, they, uh, uh, they, uh, were afraid of their lives. They were being crucified upside down. Hot oil was poured on them. They were suffering, truly suffering for the gospel and they lived in danger. What was their response? Well, Acts uh, 5.42, if we continue to read, it says, Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. Amen. They continued teaching in the name. Despite the danger, they, they were probably saying, Danger is my middle name, but they were following Jesus Christ. Well, you know, this, this pairs well with our connect group material this week. I don't know if you guys are, are, are on the same lesson that we are. I think we're pretty synced up, but in Philippians chapter one, if you want to turn there as well, um, Philippians chapter one, 12 through 14, man, it just reminded me so much of this because again, Paul, um, Paul is talking about his suffering And then, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it not uh, response, but the result of his suffering. So Paul was imprisoned. Oh boy, it's getting bad. The spelling's getting bad. 
Paul was imprisoned. He had been beaten. He had suffered truly for the gospel as well, just like the apostles had. And, uh, but what was the result? So I just want to, I just want to point out these few things because I think it's exciting and I want it to embolden you. I want it to embolden me. But 12 uh, says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. It's advanced the gospel. What else has it done? So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence. They have gained confidence. In the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly to be sure some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but they spoke the word fearlessly. They gained confidence. Paul suffered because he was in Christ. I think that's an amazing example for you and I to see that what the suffering for Jesus Christ really produces. It it emboldens other believers. It um, the gospel is advanced. More people come to know Jesus because of that message, because of that example. Pastor John MacArthur points out, uh, he says, successful Christians and churches will make waves and the world and Satan will retaliate with persecution. Indeed, Second uh, Timothy 3.12, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so the persecution is, is promised as a follower of Jesus. And it's to rejoice. It's that we rejoice in that suffering. But I don't know, um, you know, I don't know that we in this country are there yet as far as suffering like Paul and like the apostles were. It, it, it's, it's coming. But there are ways that we suffer for the cause of Christ. There are ways that we experience Um, you know, in the workplace? Are you worried about your image in the workplace? Are you worried about the image uh, among your friend groups? Are you worried about what people will think about you if you share the gospel with them? But we've been given the responsibility. We've been miraculously saved by the Son of God for a purpose, to go and tell. And that's why this miracle happened to these men, the, the apostles. It was to accomplish God's plans. God's plan was for those guys to get back in the game and share the gospel with with the world and get in there and teach. And God's plan for you, as you read about this miracle and you hear about the suffering of these apostles, that you be emboldened, that the message of the gospel would be advanced in your own life. Because remember, you have those three people. I hope you're you're going to consider those three people that you're thinking about that don't yet have the hope in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you would be fearless because of what Christ has done for you. And we need to help the next generation do the same. So we need to help the next generation, the next people behind us, to pass that baton of how do I share the gospel? How can I be bold in the faith? How can I share the message of hope 
with a lost and dying world. Jesus, Jesus looked out among the crowds and he saw that they were dejected. He saw that they were depressed. He saw that they had anxiety and that they were sad and downtrodden. And he had compassion over them. And he had a message of hope. And he gave that message to you and to me. It brought, this, this miracle brought the apostles back into action. And, and, um, and we see God move and use that in a powerful way. They left prison and they got right back in to doing what God had called them to do. Those who had been with Jesus, those who've had an experience with Jesus, miraculously saved by grace, and now miraculously saved from prison, had a fearless faith. Do you have a fearless faith? Are you emboldened? Are you ready to, to uh, confess God before men, confess the name of Jesus before men? And I hope you are, and I hope you're ready to, to walk alongside the next generation as you help them, disciple them, and teach them to do the same and do what God's called us to do. Our church has that new Disciple Guide book that we can, that it will help you as a tool to bring them along. And I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll pray about that. Pray for those three friends and pray for that next person that you can bring along to have a fearless faith in this world, in this lost and dying world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for, uh, for displaying your power over and over in your word. And, and we see in Acts three times where you powerfully remove people from prison and, and, and the, the message of the gospel goes forth. God, I pray that, that you would uh, share with us, and give us the power, give us the words to say, give us the opportunities to be men and women who are followers of Jesus and ready with those words of truth and those words of hope ready on our lips to share with our, the, our friends, our family. And God, we would, fear no, no, we would fear nothing in this world, God, but that we would follow you with everything that we have. God, we love you and we praise you. God, use us this week. God, I pray that those three people that we've, we can think of, that we would uh, continue to pray for them and continue to look for those opportunities to share your message of hope. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.